Hello. Hello. Hi, these are I can't I talk Hello. to the microphone. Oh, God. Understand? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Outpost Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Outpost Podcast. You've made it back in. We're sorry and we're grateful that you're here. <laughs> so today we've got me, Lacey. We've got Mark. We've got Derek. Teresa. That's right. We're all here. Welcome, everybody. How you feeling today? Good. It's a beautiful day outside. It is beautiful. And I'm, fuego. You're feeling on fire. He's wearing a pineapple shirt today. Yes. Mm, yeah. I thought we were doing video today, so I wore the pineapple shirt. So did I. I did my and hair. now they just have to visualize it. I know. It's, it's true. It's an amazing shirt. Mm -hmm. It is primarily gray with white background pineapples and then the pineapples. Pineapples. And the pineapples <laughs> that are the there on the front are black. So we've got all the pineapple yeah. happening yeah, on the shirt yep, right pineapples. now. Yep. So let's get started not talking about his pineapple shirt eh. and talking about some community questions. Ooh, Derek, what do we questions. have? What do we have today? All right. Well, I have taken the mailbag and I have input it into my brain. Amazing. So that's where it just lives now. Okay. That chip is standing out. It's about to explode. There are a ton <laughs> of community questions in there. But the first one on our list today is picture this. Okay. Right. Lacey is a cannibal. I believe it. <laughs> now that you've got that beautiful image in your mind. I yeah. can picture it, actually. <laughs> Which O-Neber does she eat last and why? Viola. Oh, man. Why? Viola, you, can't, you can't I would answer? eat Viola last. Why? Because she's so nice, you know? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> How could you look her? at her you know, in the I, eyes? I think that means I that she's you... going to go for me first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't she's going to take out the competition. You know what? Teresa seems violent. Let's yeah. just assassinate her so I can <laughs> Yeah, it would have to be by surprise take for you. The, <laughs> take out the strongest uh -huh. one. Yes. It's the only means of survival. Yes. I can see you. It's a good point. But okay, how would so you look at Viola lethal. in the eyes and like do anything? She'd have to be the first to go. Really? You think yeah. so? You just got to get it over with. Like, this got to break your heart from the get go. This would be an amazing Survivor Island if it was cannibal version and like <laughs> only one person like, got to live. And they wow. must eat them. You know, it's not just the, assassinate. See, because Derek's saying she's first. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because why? Mostly because she gave me sass today. So. <laughs> There it is. That's true. She was yelling so, from the other side of the office. It's Derek's fault. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if she changes her tune, that might change. Wow. Could be we'll vindictive. Mm -hmm. Vindictive. Vind vind oh, I was trying to make a vindication. It's, no, it's, it doesn't work. Don't reach vindictive, there. Vindictive, vindicated. No, you're I would just like to say I probably taste the best, so we'll just leave it at that. I don't know. I don't, think <laughs> I don't know so. what that means or doesn't mean. Uh, that's the point. Nobody knows what it means. That's the scary part. Is there another question in the bag? Nope, that's <laughs> the only one. We're going to spin on this run 20 more minutes, so just marinate. Okay, picture this. Marinate. Picture this. Picture this. Focus. If you had to fish a small piece of bread out of the toaster, how would mm. you do it and why? Ooh. I have questions. There's like okay. a very practical answer, and I'm very curious to know everybody else's For answer. For one, is, is it plugged in? Yeah. Say it's plugged in. It's yeah. plugged in. It's that's... more dangerous that way. Well, I probably just turn it upside down and let it fall out. But that's and just that's me, the practical huge mess. guy. That's crumbs all over the place. Okay. Yeah, and you get rid of them and you take them out in the trash, and then your toaster's clean. Yeah. Okay. What if? What if? Well, I think the intention is that you're fishing out that small piece of bread 
because you want to eat it. So it could not go directly into the trash unless you want to fish it Different out of set of circumstances, trash. I yes. agree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm imagining a gluten-free piece of bread because those suckers are a lot smaller. Okay. They yes, they are. always reach the top. Mm -hmm. And it is plugged in. Yeah. So the pliers isn't going to work. No. I mean, I mean, it would it work. It could if you want to play Teresa's like, please show me how that works. <laughs> show me. I'll set it up. Here's my trick. You know, you grab the lever and you like... Bounce it, kind of it out. American yeah. Ninja it out you of like, the air. You like, because it's always a little bit above the bottom. And so you can push it down just a little bit and you can pull it up and it bounces it out she, and you can catch it in the air. You got like a full on like Cirque du Soleil yep. act going on in yeah. your toaster. That's mm -hmm. not a bad method. That's correct. I've done it many times. Hmm. Yeah. That's honestly what I do. Good. I See, mean, we're agreed. I know that I could unplug it and grab the tongs and reach it. And, mm, fine. Launching it is Haven't just so much more fun. Ever played Operation? Exactly. Listen, the game Operation. Right? Hey, Mark, we got a toaster right there. Listen, you... I know. If you're skilled, you don't get buzzed. It's okay. <laughs> you just got to be, right. be on your A game. So when I was 20, I could do it. Now, yeah. I just, you can tell. Now you know, your skills are gone. You're going to get buzzed. Now you can't do little it. little smoke coming out of the ears. The hair is a little messed up. That's it's okay. You happens. know, it keeps your eyebrows under control, though. No, That's it right. doesn't. <laughs> Have you seen those wily guys? <laughs> the wily guys. What else, Derek? All right, here we go. Let's slick them down. What is the worst flavor of ice cream? Well, let me just jump ahead of everybody, and I'm just going to say there is only one flavor of ice cream. Vanilla. Yes, yeah. thank it. you. What's wrong that's, with that's you? That's the starter and flavor, I will, are you? And I will... Listen, usually I like to be in the minority, okay? I like to go against the grain. With ice cream, I'm going to say I'm in the overwhelming majority. Vanilla ice cream sells four times as much as chocolate, and chocolate sells three times as much as all of the other flavors combined. Where did you get these statistics? What ice Fake cream news. statistics ice, are you ice cream following? Ice cream biz. I got them. <laughs> you got them? That a, doesn't... That's not where. source. And 97% of all statistics are made up on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> Where'd you get that number? On the we spot. We made it up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I will 100% join you in the vanilla column though vanilla is delicious bam okay but i, I love worst, vanilla ice cream it's the worst flavor right that's that's, that's the question the actual say, question, the question is truly the worst? was what is the worst now i have the gauntlet and i have eaten it once okay. and i will never do it again i was at the gilroy garlic festival oh my gosh and they had garlic ice cream oh my gosh yeah why? it was garlic yeah. and dairy I think it sounds really good. Things. I mean, well, I, I mean, guess like Alfredo sauce. sauce, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, so add, add some salt. Uh -oh. Iced Alfredo sauce. Her eyes lit up. She's I mean, like, I'll try it. Add a bit of cheese, a little <laughs> bit of salt, put some pasta in there, and boom, you're done. Wow. But like, no, not sugar. Not sugar. Man, no. I, I don't know. I feel like it might good you Cho do garlic oh. and chocolate have you ever like garlic chocolate before i mean no. honestly these aren't these aren't things where i like wake up in the morning going oh sounds really I'll good say, today are you pregnant <laughs> but maybe <laughs> maybe that's why it tastes so good if so i, I would not know. cannibalize him i would yeah, I, he would I'd be, be last, last now Thank do you. i have to go to my college story you guys have all heard it Which no one? about oh god i, I already know this story it's gross vanilla ice cream everybody turn off the podcast with ketchup until it turned pink and then he would eat it with like tomato ice cream it was the most disgusting thing I've ever witnessed, <laughs> smelled, or tried to avoid in my life. I can't stand people who put ketchup on eggs. Mm, I can't I do even. That. I can't even. I can't stand you. <laughs> That's really rude. Derek threw yourself under that opinions. bus. He's like <laughs> he just kept rolling. Today. I don't think I've ever had an ice cream I didn't like. To be honest with you, I can't come up with a worse flavor. I, I like them all. There are there are two that top my list: cotton candy. You hate bubble gum. Uh, there's a cotton bubble candy gum. ice cream. I don't yeah. love bubble really gum. Really similar. 
Yeah, there's like it's a just very those, smooth. It's that like flowery way. almost flavor. It's just that soapy. Yeah, it's just not good. Sick. Too much sugar. Mm-hmm. Bubble gum, I think, edges out cotton candy by a smidge, but I just okay. Well, yeah, because you have the both. rocks of bubble gum that you have to like chew oh, no, through, like, and they're like frozen from yeah. the ice cream. That's like the ones that don't have that in there. At least there's something to work on where you. <laughs> but if you just do like just the flavor gum, alone, mm-hmm. well, and aren't like, like toothpaste? To yeah, mm-hmm. it's not even a real flavor. Like, what is bubble gum made of? That's a good question. Like, what, what what's the flavor? What's do the root you use flavor of bubble like gum? Bubble gum is it? A, does it come from the earth? I don't know. <laughs> We'll make this a quick one. Let's go around real quick. Okay. I'm pretty sure everybody has a good answer for this. Okay. Favorite late night snack. And I think, Lacey, you should kick this one off. Okay. When I was in college and now sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when it's dark and no one's around, I will take a piece of bread. I will put peanut butter on that piece of bread. I will take a Hershey's chocolate bar. I will put Hershey's chocolate bar on it. I will fold it together like it is a... Reese's sandwich. It's like it's like it's like a hot dog, but instead of a hot dog, peanut butter and a chocolate bar. Mm. I'm kind of digging this. Thank you. That's well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's for your approval. Dark side. That's yeah. Yes, I only eat it on the dark side of the day when no one is around, when no one can see. (laughs) No one can. No one can judge me. (laughs) Dark side of the day, otherwise known as night. What's your favorite? (laughs) What's your favorite late night snack? Mine's just boring. Well, I'll do either a little bowl of black licorice jelly beans. Ew. Or Cheez-Its. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, Cheez-Its. like, I mean, the Cheez-Its, okay. but Or like, sugar-free Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, they're all right. Wait, wait, the Jolly Ranchers? Too. They're just, Are you the originals? one who poisoned your entire load of whites? This is a story for another day. <laughs> did you well, lose a Jolly Rancher in, well, your, in your laundry? I did lose a red... Watermelon, I believe. You said cinnamon. It was, it was cinnamon. cinnamon. That's right. Cinnamon doesn't it deserve to exist in the Jolly Rancher world. Jolly Rancher made it through the washer with my lights in it. Oh no! My like khaki, like almost white shorts. Yeah, that's. They got that's a pink tinge now. They that's well, they, stylish. They did, and then His I put them back in, pants. and I was really aggressive about it, and <laughs> <laughs> it had no bearing. Just on the Just threw them in real aggressive. <laughs> you better come out. That's right. Don't just, you come out till you're I just clean. Yelled at them <laughs> till they turned white. You okay? So I try to make it healthy. That's how I rationalize it to myself. But my husband has a stash of Reese's peanut butter cups that he keeps in the freezer. Yes. And he has them all the way in the back where he thinks I don't know about them. He also doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast. So I'm Ooh. safe. Is safe. <laughs> but I will only take one of them and I will try to offset all of the yuck and the sugar and the whatever and the Reese's peanut butter cup with a baby bell cheese. I eat the baby <laughs> bell cheese first. I it's s- a combo. Yeah. Cheese flash. I think that's probably Reese's? worse than the peanut butter cup. <laughs> Cheese and Reese's. I, I, there's a moment of pause in between, and it's just like, oh, okay, I'm satiated. Okay, now with the frozen Reese's peanut butter cup. And when yes. he's awake, I'm like, no, honey, I don't like him frozen. I like mine room temperature. <gasps> I would never. Take <laughs> How dare you? And then she feels guilty about eating something bad and washes it down with a Red Bull. To feel <laughs> Not at night. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Dude, in college, I could shotgun a Red Bull and then take a nap, and I would wake up as the caffeine hit, and it would be the perfect power nap. I've heard of that That's before. Brilliant. The idea of something called a caffeine nap, where yeah. you take a nap right after you have your caffeine, and then you wake up. But you have to shotgun it. That's like you can't like sip it, sip it. You yeah, you gotta, pout, r- you gotta plug and chug. It. What about you, Derek? Bowl of cereal. Mm, that's Hands pretty good. Okay. With milk? 
with milk. Weird. What kind of cereal do That's you really like the best? No, is it's it really? Not, it's that not strange. Very it's common. Very He's not At using orange juice. In the morning juice when the he fluid. goes to bed. Sure, it's like Absolutely. why not? It's almost like dessert, but it yeah, right has some morning. nutritional right, value. You can have pancakes for dinner. What kind of cereal? This is going to clarify things for me. I love Lucky Charms. No, it ain't Lucky Charms. Honey bunches of oats. Love honey bunches of oats. Didn't see that coming either. But I also love Captain Crunch peanut butter crunch, which mm. is the best. Super pick. disappointing. Answers. But my mouth cannot take that abuse. Yeah, for you very can only long. have one bowl a day. Yeah, it would be surface everything. Yeah, yeah. It's an all exfoliant. right. Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Transition. Main topic. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, last week, Tom was like, I just wanted to say transition. transition. <laughs> okay, so today for our main topic, um, we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of people are experiencing right now. So everybody is working from home a lot more. There has been a 97% increase in the amount of work from home. It's a very scientific um, number. Throughout the, I believe it. I made it up just now. <laughs> However, there has been a significant increase in the amount of people working from home, us included. Mm. And so I am interested in what kind of observations we've made about ourselves since we've been not around other human beings very much lately. Okay. Pants are a lot less important than I was led to believe. Yeah. This is true. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I feel like that's a discovery. I wonder how the fashion industry is handling the pants industry is just in decline right yes. now. Yes, they're just selling shirts. The whole pants pa- industry. Pajamas are way up. That's true. <laughs> Pajama stocks. That's right. That's a great idea. Yeah. What else? Anybody? <laughs> my response is I become a lot more aware of my routine when I am going to the office every day. And I feel like I have moments where I can break away more and I find myself monitoring how often I'm giving myself rest or breaks because I am a workaholic and my name is Mark. Hi Mark. Hi Mark. Yeah it's a real thing and and I don't even I mean I joke about it but it's it's a real thing and it's something I'm working on (laughs) pun intended Um, (laughs) but I find that at home it's easier for me to take breaks than it is here. So I come here and I feel almost obligated, especially with eyes on me. I always feel like I just have to be grinding or working or whatever. I can't. And I think that's a really good observation because it's going to lead to some change. Mm -hmm. I do find it easy to run up and get laundry done and get, you know, dishes done and stuff like that in between. But I'm always just kind of making myself my way back to my desk. And I'm not as physical as I want to be like go out and walking, you know, exercising as much. I do have a Peloton. I use that regularly. But I think I'm rethinking the entire way that I view when I work Hmm. and how hard I work. Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to the model that I display. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're like, I see what I'm doing. But if I were really in control of what I'm doing, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's that's it. Good. I'm lost is my answer. <laughs> so one thing I've noticed is like our work week and how we've always had this into the office, nine to five, leave, go home, work week. And that's always just been the expected routine of going to work. There are companies that, you know, do work from home, but it's always been like a luxury thing. It's never been out of necessity or something that was really 
fostered, I guess, to say, yes. by companies. And mm-hmm. so to do this, it's kind of proven that, you know, you can have a productive work schedule or a productive work time. Or even like from a managerial standpoint, a productive workforce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to be at your desk, quote unquote, grinding and working. You can be at home. The environment isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, I've been seeing I've been seeing company after company instituting a more this is now becoming part of their rules. Part of the reason why we've seen a lot of it is people are tired of waiting as phases switch on and off and they're trying to see, okay, well, what does this phase mean for us? How do we have to change? So they're just proactively making their own choices that are like, listen, we're just going to be work from home for the next six Mm -hmm. months, you know, so that they don't have to be plugged into what's going on all the time. So it actually is ending up being easier for managerial people too to say all right let's work from home let's foster this situation and do it well Mm -hmm. so we don't have to go back and forth based on how things are going to change in the next six months yeah totally i know personally one of the things that has really struck me is i'm the opposite of mark in the sense that i wake up i sit down and without routine i go well i'm working from home today and the laptop opens and that starts at 5 a.m and i have to like stop and be like, no, don't touch this until six. You have other chores to get done before you do this. And even then I don't take breaks. I don't stop. And we're talking, I have, you know, fun little animals that come by and they're like, Hey, you want to no, go away. You have fun little animals. How many have fun wanna, little animals? You give me some of them pets. <laughs> pets I got two. You got, got any of the pets? Got a dog and a cat and, uh, both do what they can to disrupt me, but they're easier to tell to go lay down than here. I'm more like, oh, what's that? What's that? There's people. Mm-hmm. But at home, I'm like, boom. And I just don't move. I full tunnel too. I'll get up and I'll be like, oh, wow. I've not gotten up from my chair in six and a half hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it was yesterday you were talking to me about this. And I'm like, I worked 13 and a half hours today. Is that, should I always be doing that? He, like, got, there's no he got up and like stood up and he was like stretching. He's like, I've been sitting in that chair most of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's it's funny. At the turn of the last century, Henry Ford kind of changed the way business worked with this kind of factory model. And they mm-hmm. were building assembly lines of the cars. Nine to five. And the nine to five, the Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in the process of undoing that right now. Mm-hmm. I Amen. Think in, in 50 years, we're not going to have that. I yeah. think we're not going to have weekends the way we know them. We're not going to have eight to five, nine to five, whatever that is, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. that's not even relevant to most business anymore. I mean, some businesses fit nicely into that model, but are you really productive more so at 801 than you are at 758? I think the way that you structure your day is really important and it needs to be kind of customized to your life mm-hmm. and to your situation and to your job and your responsibilities and your roles and I don't think 40 hours is a really good measure of how much you should be working. I work way more than that. And I think that's not a good measure either. <laughs> I think my goal in the next decade is to, I wonder how, how much I could do with 25 hours or 30 hours and spend a lot of the other time learning, researching almost like mini sabbaticals every day where, you know, you're sketching or you're drawing or you're thinking or reflecting. Mm-hmm. Reflecting is the word, mm-hmm. right? If I were to go super deep on this, I would say the thing that I have found through this COVID-19 work from home, be isolated thing is I think I'm reflecting a lot more. Instead of just working, I'm thinking about why a lot more. And I think our country and our world needs a lot more reflection 
across mm-hmm. the board. Everything is so fast and it's sped up and it's like emails and calls and all this stuff is happening so fast. Nobody's really stopping to think why or how this is happening. They're just consuming and then producing, but there's no middle ground to think about why you, or how to throttle either one. I'm going to push you a little bit on that because I want to know how you are actually making that space and time for reflection because I'm falling into something kind of similar to what Teresa is talking about, which is like, okay, a lot of my time during the day is spent meeting with other people, right? So I'm doing video chats, I'm doing video chats, I'm doing video chats, I'm doing video And because I don't have to drive anywhere, I don't have to, I'm just scheduling them like mm-hmm. bam, 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 bam. And I'm not even giving myself time to go get a, I'm like, you know, between meetings, I'm like three minutes behind and I'm going to the bathroom and I'm grabbing a snack and I'm sitting back down. Today even, I did my hair while I was on a video chat. Like when I'm in person with somebody it makes me slow down if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. because i have to be present with someone i slow down and i make space for that whole person and i can communicate like this but when i'm doing video chats i'm not even slowing down my mind to be fully present in the conversation i'm doing something over here i'm doing something over there at the same time and i know personally i've really struggled with slowing down at all i feel like i'm in a constant rush mode and it's exhausting well i'll tell you what i don't know if i'm slowing down i think i'm just segmenting okay right? so like i get up at 5 15 5 20 every single day and i do not touch my phone or my email until at least 8 30 or 9 and sometimes much later sometimes i won't open my email until 10 and The reason I do that is to safeguard my creative space because I'm realizing at this point in my career, you know, I'm getting paid for my thinking both on the branding side and on, you know, the product development side. I have a lot of people hanging on that and and myself too, right? Like I owe it to myself to safeguard the garden that I'm growing inside the creativity and it needs space to breathe. It needs to be watered. It needs to be cultivated. Weeded. And, yeah. <laughs> and weeded. And, and you can't do that when you're under the someone else's urgency in an email or a text or like I just am not available. And it's not worth it to me to even have a job if I'm just constantly under duress. Hold into it. To the people who pay me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds maybe selfish to some and that's okay. I don't think it is. I think actually people are better served when I'm healthier. And so I have over the past three years, literally trained myself to not check my email and be off my phone the first amount of time. And anybody that I meet in that space of time is constantly on their phone. I have yet to meet somebody who's not constantly on their phone while I'm meeting with them or while I'm going to get coffee or whatever I'm doing. I have yet to find somebody who isn't tethered to their phone in that way. And I know that I was. I don't feel like I am anymore. So I segment that time, but I'll still work 12 hours a day. And so I guess the pace is more comfortable, but I'm still putting in probably too much work, right? <laughs> like, But I'm spreading it out a little bit different. So maybe it's almost like that's my little pre-work schedule, right? Where I have like a couple hours where I'm doing creative stuff, dreaming and visioning and thinking about staff and thinking about where we're going and trying to navigate. And then being creative and like, what am I going to make that's going to inspire someone else? 
I don't know what I'm doing. That's just my observation of myself. I think the intentional segmentation is probably a very key point. Mm -hmm. You know, having an idea of what you intentionally want to segment. You know, for me, knowing that I spend so much time reacting, 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 you know, giving, giving, giving. If I chose to just segment even a half hour in the morning and like schedule that time in where I'm out you know, by myself, I do find it difficult. Of course, let me give an excuse, right? <laughs> Just a, a hint. Anytime I hear the words from myself or someone else say, well, yes, but it's hard because what that really means is like, I'm not ready to hear the solution to right. this problem. <laughs> you know, it's hard because I have my kids. It's hard because I have my dog. It's hard because uh -huh. I have all the excuses. But when it becomes important enough, I'm sure that it'll knock hard enough that I'll make that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that we're work from home a lot more and we're spending a lot more time at home, we have very few human beings that we're actually spending time around and we're spending a lot of time with those human beings. So what have you learned about yourself or your relationships as you've been around just a, a smaller number of people for a, a greater amount of time? This is something I've always known and I think I'm slowly becoming more cognizant of how impactful that is. But the very first words I say to someone have Mm. little to no indicator of my relationship with them. Okay. Normal human beings will say, Lacey, how are you? You're amazing. I've missed you. Yes. I want to do that. <laughs> but the first things out of my mouth are literally the things that I need from you the most. Mm -hmm. And then after I like get through that whole litany, then it's, by the way, you're fantastic. <laughs> Interesting. And it's great to know about myself. And it's also, a, that's the awful thing because most often everybody around me, they're not okay with that order. Okay. Like it's great. You're up. We're out of coffee. We've got to do this. Da, 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 and I've got a dentist appointment mm -hmm. as opposed to how'd you sleep? <laughs> yes. You know, like there's mm -hmm. a huge difference there. And mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it at work. I do it to Derek all the time. I was about to say, witness, I have witnesses. Yeah, Derek's <laughs> the worst one only because his and I's jobs are like so closely intertwined that I need stuff from him on the daily basis. I don't treat you as human and I don't mean to. Like, <laughs> but it's like, okay, here's through everything. Okay, right, now right. that we got that out of the way. What's up? Right. It's like, so you're seeing, top of mind. you're seeing this reflection that you don't feel like you can be like calm and present with other people until you've gotten across the things that you have to get across to them. Yeah. It's like housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise those messages will just bounce around so much that you can't be present with them otherwise. Yeah. And now that I'm more alone with that, it feels so toxic. For me, it's just how I am, but I can see its impact on others. Yes. And because that's, that's the toxic part. Because a lot of time other people, they want to be able to kind of like Mark said, maybe safeguard that time from other people's urgencies until they feel ready to actually move on other people's urgencies too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great reflection. You've spent more time with your husband than you ever have before during this time? Yes. And bless him. <laughs> <laughs> There's a GoFundMe for his therapy. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen him in a while, though, so I'm a little nervous. That's right. That's um, right. He's, he exists. He exists. Yeah, right? he exists. And he's not... He's still, he still has a pulse. He's not six feet under somewhere? No, he goes into work on a daily basis at the hospital. There's proof, Derek. There's where proof. Where people check on him. <laughs> what now about we know why he got that job. Yeah, I don't want to work from home. She's crazy. <laughs> I think for, for me, it is 
you know, respecting the work time and realizing that even though somebody is in the same room as you at home with you, there still needs to be time in which, or, you know, maybe the best way to put this is, you know, it's not a free ticket to go and interrupt them and that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And so I, obviously I I live with my grandmother and that sort of stuff and she's a school teacher. So she's off right now. But one thing that we're really good at is that during the work day, if I'm down in the office and, you know, thank goodness I have an office, that certainly helps. Is it a dungeon office down in the office? You it's say? halfway underground. Is it? So it kind of is. Oh, that's yeah. fun. There's a window though, which is nice. Mm. But we're very good about protecting that time, like understanding that this is still a work day for me and for her when she's, she is in school and she's doing her teaching and that sort of stuff. So that's really good to be able to realize that. And I understand that other people might not have that, but it's extremely important to protect that to make sure you feel accomplished in the day so that when at the end of the day it does come, you're able to actually engage with them and talk with them because you've been able to segment, like we were just talking about, those two areas, keep them separate. Like this is my work time and this is my family time and still maintain that has been really good for me, but I thrive a lot on structure in my day. That's one thing I I really need because that just frees my mind to be able to focus on the tasks at hand if I can autopilot as much of my life as possible. The other thing too is taking time to really get yourself outside of the house. If you're a full work from home individual, it's really easy to always just be in your house. And then all of a sudden you'll start to get uncomfortable and you won't really, won't really know why, because you're like, why would I be uncomfortable? I'm, I'm in my own house. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just kind of boils over and all of a sudden you, ju- you just can't take it anymore. And so it's important to get out and whether that's going for walks or even just driving to the store, you know, um, get outside and kind of get outside that space because too much of something is not a good thing. You mm-hmm. know? Have you and grandma been able to still get along pretty well through all of yeah. this? Has there been any friction? No, it's, home been, it's been really smooth sailing. I mean, she was full remote teach end of March. Febu- March. It was February, like oh. February 27th, I want to say, is when they started doing the at home stuff. And, you know, luckily, like I said, the house is big enough. I have my own office. You know, and we're good about maintaining everybody's boundaries for that sort of stuff. But it's been really smooth sailing. It's been it's been really nice knowing that and understanding. We're both very like minded when it comes to work. You know, that is something we both that's helpful. Really devote a lot of time to because it's our passion. It's what we love to do. So we understand that that is an important piece of our lives, and to be able to respect that accordingly. So, Mark, how lonely are you? <laughs> well, here we go. I'm sitting here with you guys. I'm getting my full tank in this session. I've known for a long time I'm an introvert and I, I need my alone time. <clears throat> so I, I, I've always considered that roughly to be about 80% because I spend a lot of time in my head. And it's hard for me to concentrate with a lot going on, I think, just because of how much time I spend in my head not watching TV, not listening to music, just thinking, just, that's just how, how I am. And what I found working from home is I can basically just shut down for months at a time, but I would go crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I, I'm not quite you would, you as would go crazy without even knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody well, would be there to though. tell you you're yeah. crazy. Like maybe Teresa, it's already happened. <laughs> at least she's got her husband there. Yeah. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I have my kids a lot of the time, but some of the time I don't. And 
I find that I can only go so long and then I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to go drive to a coffee shop now and pick up some coffee because all the coffee shop people know me in town at all the coffee shops and I can always run into somebody and have a little conversation and maybe that's just 20 minutes and then I go home and I feel fuller. I don't need a lot, right? Extroverts fill their tank yep. when they're around other people. Introverts fill their tank when they're alone. I'm an introvert, 80-20 I would say. And I have found that that 20% is vital. It's really important to me, but I can go a long way on the 80% too. So there's just, a, I think, a balance for everybody. And I've become more keenly aware of just how crazy I go when I'm by myself for days at a time. Because I, I did have a, a few stints in there. I'm like, I haven't gone anywhere for like nine days. Mm-hmm. I've gone to the grocery store fighting for toilet paper. And mm-hmm. now what? And then like back then when you couldn't get a haircut too, that was just, it was a wild time yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a lot done, but yeah. His hair was went a cuckoo. mess. Yeah, it was. <laughs> The birds in his hair were incredible. Yes, yeah. they were. They, they made beautiful homes. Yeah. Amazing. Ostrich in there. That's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I had always considered myself to be more introverted than I was extroverted. Surprise to a lot of people. But I'm kind of feeling like maybe I'm a little bit more extroverted than I thought I once was. I think so. But I, I also really enjoy the quiet time by myself and time to be able to reflect and think and recharge. But maybe I like people more than I think I do. (laughs) I'm going to just lean in and go, I am more introverted than I realized. I'm really loud and obnoxious in front of people. But be honest, haven't had a single hiccup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe everybody's a hybrid. It just matters where that balance is. I see. I would say you're 2080 to my 8020, probably. I think so, too. I very much thrive around other human beings and I live in a multi-generational home so my mother and my stepdad and then I've got two younger brothers that are at home one of them has a girlfriend I've got two kids that are at home so we've got this like wide range of humans all stuck in one house together and I will tell you it's been a little bit difficult for me it's been difficult for me with already having such little space like Mm -hmm. actual physical space there to try to find ways to focus in a way that is mindful of everybody around me too. You know, I can't just close off half of the house to somebody because I need quiet when everybody else has their own life and their own situation too. So I've found myself doing quite a few like little weekends away as I start to feel friction. And to be honest, I think the biggest realization I've had being around my family for this amount of time without reprieve is just how much I project my own thoughts and feelings onto other people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like just the other night, I mean, I had a big argument with my eight-year-old daughter. And so I was, you know, feeling pretty emotional. And then I come into the room with my brother and and sister who was visiting and they're talking to each other. And one of them says something kind of flippant. And I'm like, hey, watch your tone. And I stopped for a second. I'm like, And I'm tone policing you right now because I don't have the capability of doing it myself. Okay. You know, and I I just can feel and see Mm. this over and over again that like almost everything I say to them is this projection of my own thoughts and feelings about myself. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps smacking me back in the face over and over again because we're stuck in one location and it's mind opening, which is positive, (laughs) but like it also sucks (laughs) because I want other people to be to blame for my discomfort and for my lack of focus. I want to blame everyone else when in actuality, I'm just projecting onto them what it is that I'm wanting for myself. And it's your fault. 
I was not, I was not going to say that. I was going to say that she's not alone. Like, in college, one of my professors says something profound. It stuck with me. It's like the advice you give is the advice you need to hear. And that, when I'm thinking of it, stops me in my tracks from saying anything to anybody, but makes me like process and go, okay. This is for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the key to growth is the self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. The awareness that you have that you're even doing that is a step ahead of a lot of people. Yeah, most step ahead. Probably I, people like me like are a few steps away. We don't I'm, have enough time to go in, into your stuff markets. <laughs> that's a whole right. <laughs> We have a separate meeting plan for that. That's, off, that's a series. Microphone. <laughs> that's the podcast series. Uh, intervention. Diving into Mark's dark brain. So do you think as a whole that you, you all have experienced too that being a little bit more stuck at home and having less contact with other humans has it helped you be more aware of yourself because you're only with yourself how has that impacted your own personal sense of self-awareness well for me i've kind of come to realize the importance of things like exercise outside of things like dieting and that Mm, sort of stuff mm -hmm. like not necessarily like physical health but mental health Mm. on how important even light exercise like going for a walk Mm -hmm. is and just how much clarity I can get after a run or a walk, even if I have a terrible day or a stressful day that's just full of work and other things going on. I know I can go for a run and after that I just have this clarity of mind that's really reassuring and I kind of feel like kind of break off this shell that has kind of encrusted me over the day. So that's something I've kind of come to realize that that's something I really thrive on. Um, I think I've seen that crusty shell yeah, a couple it, times. It, it builds up. It smells a little like yeah, it, it has it a stench up. to it. But yeah, <laughs> going out for a walk, I'm able to just kind of break that off. And and I simply do it honestly not because the health benefits are great, obviously, but the mental health benefits are what I do it for. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I could get through this without that. So I have a question about my own neuroticism. And I'm curious if anybody else has this, you know, like because I don't drive... Because, you know, I just, there's nowhere to go. I was in the car with my husband the other day. We were driving to the grocery store and I thought we were going to get into no less than three car accidents. There were three distinct moments. I was like, oh, we're going to, does anybody else have that? Are you experiencing that at all with the decrease in travel? Not so much for me. My travel is still pretty. I have a heightened sense of emergent anxiety, not about traveling, but like just this in the back of my mind, we all could die, you know, because we're going through a global pandemic. There's like this very interesting survival part of my brain that has clicked on Mm. that as I'm thinking for the first time about what I'm breathing on and what other people are breathing on and what people have touched. And I just have this increase in generalized anxiety, which is really, really, really fun. Fun, fun, fun. fun. Without going into control issues, I would say that yeah, I think a lot of people are feeling helpless in a lot of ways, more so than they have been in the past. And for me, I like to be the one driving. I like to feel a little bit more. There's a security that comes with kind of being in control. And yeah. I think that's I'm, the I'm root of control issues. Same same boat. And so when somebody else is driving, that's just kind of a been a history thing for me. It's like, <laughs> I think I should just be the one, um, <laughs> which isn't which isn't healthier or we're good. As somebody who's had it. Mark as a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to be fine. I was like, close your eyes and go to sleep yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. There's a lot of... There's a lot of you're d- no, you're dramamine totally and a trank dart. <laughs> yeah, right. I tell you what, though. I do have something I'm grateful for and something I'm hopeful for through all of this. And the thing I'm grateful for is I think I've heard a lot of people talk about how 
people are getting distracted and they're not feeling as productive at home because of all the distractions or they just don't have the discipline. And I am grateful that I have over the years built up very strong discipline. I do not have a problem being productive at home or anywhere else. I am very disciplined that way. However, I think that's tied to the workaholism. And I think the thing I'm hopeful for is that I could give myself some slack and really kind of shut it down when it's time to shut it down and maybe have healthier breaks. That awareness of those things, I think, has come out of this mm -hmm. in a more refined way mm -hmm. than I think had we not gone into this. I kind of have had a, the ability to scan a little bit. It was always something you knew you should do, but there was, but no, when, there was no necessity yeah. to do it. Now there's a necessity to do it. And yeah. So you're like, I guess it's important. <laughs> so I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the one and kind of hopeful that I'll be able to kind of tame it as well. Like building discipline is great, but being so disciplined that you never have any fun and you're boring is not. It's boring. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the last part that I want to talk about is like our physical space, like our surroundings. So I have a concept that basically your physical surroundings, the, the space that you keep is a representation of your internal environment. 1, okay. thousand percent. Agree. So... As you've been spending more time in your own home and seeing some of your own habit patterns about the way that you keep your space, the way your space is set up, what have you learned about yourself from your space? Does that make sense? My space is typically a reflection, and I, I would more accurately say where the laundry is at in my room mm. is an accurate reflection of where my mental state is at. Mm. So if it's on the floor all over the place, probably means my brain is really full and I don't have a lot of room for other things. But if things put away and more organized, then probably means that I'm on a better track. I feel like that should be an, a daily Derek Instagram story is like laundry status. Laundry uh -huh. yeah, that would be good. It'd be like all of a sudden there's an alert. Oh, did oh. you see the latest story? Yeah, it's really yeah. bad Derek's today. Derek's got like four shirts on the floor. He Somebody message him, that. see what he needs. <laughs> Don't say anything when he comes in for the first hour. So for you, it's your laundry. For me, it's my car a lot of the time. Mm. Okay, you know, my kids, I have my kids 50% of the time. And so I spend a lot of time taking them back and forth from their dads. And how kept my car is, is a really good representation of how I'm feeling hmm. on the inside. Um, I usually find myself like, let's say I just landed a big client and I'm really excited about it and I'm driving home and I'm looking to my car and it's so nasty and I feel that's when I feel imposter syndrome the most. Ooh. I'm like, how can it be possible that I can have success in these areas and I've got this pizza box that's been sitting here for three <laughs> days with garlic? What is my problem? So what is my problem? Does anybody know? <laughs> I mean, you sacrificed one for the other, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, yeah. That's a good all, point. All of your That's focus. Exactly I'll, I'll just use unsettled terms here. You've placed all of your focus in one area at the expense of another. Mm -hmm. It might be one perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it would be more of a problem if there wasn't a payoff right. out of those. You know, if it was something that you weren't, if you didn't get that client, right. but your car was still that way, or you weren't working towards getting that client. Right. Just chaos everywhere you went. Yeah. yeah. I feel personally like in most of my physical environment, you can see the chaos of mm -hmm. my life. You know, I work hard and I do a lot of things for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And my internal space and the physical spaces that I inhabit get very little attention, which leaves me feeling more chaotic, right. you know, mm -hmm. and it so amplifies that that anxiousness that you yes. already feel. It just feels so hard for me to put, you know, Mark talks so much about having this really segmented structure and everything. And like to me, it would be impossible. Uh -huh. 
here, excuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, it, it, it feels like it would be impossible to create that much structure because I feel like I need that much flexibility in order to be present for all the people that I'm supposed to be present for in mm-hmm. my real life, in my work life. <sighs> it's a different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, though, that if you do find yourself you know, kind of feeling like you just can't catch a break. Like you just can't catch a freaking break. Mm-hmm. And you do take the time to clean up those spaces. You know, all of a sudden you are, your brain is just kind of infinitely better. When you clean up on the outside, it does make more space on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it? Uh-huh. So I've got a little thing I do whenever I'm having real big control issues. I'll clean the entire kitchen and I'll do the pantry. Mm. Not only will I do that, but I will go through... And I will figure out a way to get rid of stuff to where I have an empty shelf. Do you know Ooh, how empty shelf. it is? I have an empty shelf. Like Everything those... else is put away mm-hmm. beautifully. Everything is stacked. All the cans are faced out. Like when my OCD goes, it goes full bore. But there is an empty shelf. And nobody sees it because the doors are closed. Mm-hmm. But, I, but you know there's an I empty have, shelf. I have room to expand. Mm-hmm. There's more than just In your head tidy. too. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Do you need a win? Like, go do that. Mm-hmm. You will be infinitely better because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, your mental state will be better. Yep. Your environment is your space to expand your thinking, your actions. Mm-hmm. And if it's not right, it'll weigh on you. Mm-hmm. It and will I, hold you back. And I would even say outside of space, just if there's a task that you've just kind of had on your radar, like, you know, mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. for example. You know, you just haven't done it because you haven't had time. And you need a win because you're just stagnating and you're just getting more and more irritated. If you go out and just mow the lawn and check that off your list, you'll have this feeling of accomplishment mm-hmm. that'll help propel you to accomplish and the other things. And you can look at it. Yeah. Isn't that and it's something pretty, that's cool about your physical spaces too? Is like after you organize something, you just sit back and you just look at it mm-hmm. and it like causes some, I don't know yeah. what the chemical I is. That. Dopamine. I accomplished that. It does make a big deal. <sighs> And it might seem counterintuitive because you're like, I have all these other more important things to do. Like, there are definitely more important things than going to mow the lawn or pay the bills or, well, pay the bills maybe aside. But I mean, it depends on the bill. Yeah, right? that's true. It does. That's and true. what level of notice it's at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How big are the red letters on the envelope? <laughs> I just snorted. I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> Keep that snort. Don't delete it. If you need a win, go for the like low bar little win. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. it. Vacuum your room. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Ooh. And get the tool out that does the edging. Yes. Yeah. It just feels better. It does. And I feel like you're more productive. You spend 20 minutes doing something like that. Mm-hmm. The other 40 minutes in that hour, you'll do more than had, had you had the full 60 mm-hmm. minutes, I One, think. 100%. But That's it's just actually so something... hard because... Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to interject a little bit. I was well, just see, saying... And I was just going to listen to the excuse. Like, <laughs> like, I hadn't heard you say that that's a bad thing. I was like, go on. What have you got? That's certainly something that this quarantine state has helped me realize is that, you know, sometimes you need a very simple win in your day. All right. Well, I think that's pretty good. That was a pretty good reflection on, on what we've been through over the past couple of months. I'm sure we could probably go on forever and I could tell you every excuse that I have for why I am the way that I am still. And I can tell you about what my cat's habits are. Yes. We have a chair specifically for Charlie now, so you can just sit (laughs) at chair height with me. Seriously? Uh-huh. So he won't be in your lap or what? So uh, A, so he won't be in my lap, which is kind of the primary thing. That's because he weighs like 400 pounds. Yeah, he's a big old chunky boy. I like Charlie. Mm. Him's my little orange potato. He's my carrot. 
gosh. Were we wrapping this up? We were. And then Derek started breaking into his whole sonnet for his cat. I have a lot of cute nicknames for him. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more from us, where can you find us? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Orange Nebula. And on Facebook, we've got a couple of groups. They are the Outcast. You always say the Outcast. The outcast. I say it again. Hey, <laughs> no, hey, yeah. <laughs> the chicken, Outpost. I'm chicken, sorry, Miss Jackson. Like the Outpost Community Group, the Unsettled Board Game Group, the Vindication yes. Board Game Group. Don't be an Outcast. Join the outpost. <laughs> yes. And of course, you can always find us at orangenebula.com. Mm-hmm. Sign up for our email newsletter. That's where we're sending out all of the sneak peeks, all of the plunder pod info. Free oh, yes, stuff giveaway. Um, YouTube is going to be hopping here pretty soon. So check us out over there. Mark's just trying to just survive. The connection that Teresa has to the word outcast. <laughs> I'm trying to put it together, but it also seems like a scary place. So all right. I'm we appreciate say, you. Orangenebula.com. Perfect. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of the day, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Since we've all been working from home more, what have you learned about yourself during this time? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be pretty. <laughs> well, it's not pretty. But here goes.